0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. In the Mississippi Legislature, Senate Bill 2145 funds health care for illegal immigrants. Call your legislator today at 601-359-3770. Ask them to stop Senate Bill 2145. It's not too late. You can help stop this. Paid for by Building America's Future. Great to be with you on this Thursday. The last time I'm going to be doing this uh, this week until Sunday. But this is the last live stream of the week for me. I will not be with you guys tomorrow, so just keep that in mind if you are a daily watcher. I know some of you are, and I appreciate you guys. Uh, Yeah, we'll not be doing this tomorrow. We'll be on the road tomorrow. So last one of the week, so we're going to talk. Tulane, Memphis. Hand picks. I've got four games. Three favorites and an underdog I'm going to pick for you as well. Last weekend went better than week one. Still not great, but it went better. So hopefully I can actually make a little money this week. We will see. But how worried are you about these two games? That's the question today. How worried are you? How worried should you be? I uh, have sensed an immense confidence from Starkville, and it's a mixed bag with Ole Miss fans, honestly. But I'll tell you this, Tulane people, Yes, there are Tulane fans out there, and they do have a presence online. A lot of it, actually. Uh, seem to be really confident, really confident about this game. We'll uh, we'll talk about that. We'll see. My name is Michael Borky. Glad that you guys are with me on this Thursday. And uh, weather still stinks, but hopefully it gets out of here by kickoff on Saturday. Looks like it might do just that. Uh, you know, Memphis and Oxford are obviously not very far apart. And uh, the forecast—if you just pull up the percentages—not good. Sixty uh, percent for the day, but it's seemingly mostly in the morning. Just keep an eye on that. Bring your poncho or your rain jacket to the game if uh, if you're making the trip to Memphis or if you're just going to be in Oxford this weekend. Uh, still a crummy day, but glad to, to have you guys in. If you're a first-time watcher or uh, viewer or listener, whatever the case may be, find me on YouTube, Michael Borkey on YouTube. Uh, That's my preferred method of streaming here on YouTube. Just search my name, subscribe on YouTube. And if you like what you hear, like the video. I would appreciate that very much. Also, follow on Twitter and Facebook and Mike in the Morning or my name wherever you get your podcasts. You can find it there and subscribe. And if you feel like it, leave a rating and a review. I would appreciate that as well. So let's dive in. How worried are you? Zach says 0% worry. Easy game. Now ask me three seconds after kickoff. Um, this conversation, or what I'm talking with you guys about now, was sparked from a conversation we had on the radio show about how it should be received, how a close win should be received this weekend. Like, how should fans react if the game is close or whatever? Very similar to you know, the outcome of the Oklahoma-Tulane game, for example. Chad is 35% worried for Mississippi State. That's fine. There, there's always, no matter what, there's always got to be a little bit of worry, regardless of who you're playing. Uh, yes, yeah, just, you know, fan nature in you. But like Memphis. So although Mississippi State doesn't exactly fall into this category, you have seen SEC teams in Mississippi recently go to the Liberty Bowl and lose to Memphis. Now, this is not Justin Fuente's Memphis. This is a, a different uh There's not a first-round pick playing quarterback and and things like that, but Memphis is really explosive. Uh, Some of that probably has to do with the fact that they've played Nichols and also uh, Arkansas State. This is a different challenge for Memphis with a true SEC defense and a really good one uh, coming to town, but they are explosive offensively is uh, is Memphis. They've got a, a little wide receiver. Ah, uh, Calvin Austin. Uh, they list him at five foot nine. He's not five foot nine. He's tiny, uh, but he's explosive and he can play. And, and the offense puts up points. And Hennigan, uh, the the quarterback, I believe, is a freshman, and uh, has yes, he is a freshman from Texas. Uh, six touchdowns, no picks so far in the early season. Six hundred and eighty-two yards in two games. I mean, they they really move the football. Uh, Complete sixty-three percent of his passes. I, I mean, again, this is an explosive. Memphis team, but on the flip side, Arkansas State was able to almost score at will against Memphis. So, looking at this game, uh, Memphis is a challenge. Going on the road, weird atmosphere, weird situation at the Liberty Bowl. Uh, Memphis is explosive; they they can score. At least they've shown that they have the ability to score so far this season. Um. This is a big chance for Mississippi State to show that they can also be an explosive offense. That's been my one criticism among many in terms of Mike Leach's transition to the SEC. Last year, it was mostly bad offensive line play, but I spent all offseason and all season last year kind of excusing it. Transition, you got to get your guys in, true freshman quarterback, COVID season, all of that. So far in the early going, we just have two games in, but we have not seen any explosiveness uh, from Mississippi State at all. And it is a common misnomer from the air raid where people think you're just throwing deep balls all game. Like Phil Longo's version of the air raid is just to like throw it downfield and hope you complete big passes. It's an oversimplification, but you get my point. Uh, A true air raid, what Mike Leach runs, is – Mostly the short passing game, the underneath stuff, crossing patterns, trying to lull people into going man, and then you expose man-to-man defenses, but people haven't done that. There's a lack of explosiveness with State's offense, and that's been my biggest criticism of it. It's my biggest criticism of Will Rogers, and that's the one thing I think that's really holding them back, aside from offensive line play, is... Teams are kind of forcing you to have multiplay drives where you just keep it underneath or whatever, but they haven't tested defenses vertically yet. And I don't, again, I've, I don't have the access to the all 22. I don't know if the guys are open and Rodgers is just not seeing them. There was a couple of instances in the NC State game that you could see through the television that he, he did not, he had an open receiver with an accurate football anyway and, and chose not to do it. This is a good weekend to start opening that up some because Memphis, while explosive themselves on offense, Arkansas state lit them up. I mean, it truly just completely lit them up through the air, basically scored at will. This is a good chance for Will Rogers to start testing teams vertically because that's really holding this team back right now. It held them back last year. It's it's holding them back this year. So far, you're not testing teams vertically And when you're playing against SEC teams, and you saw it a year ago, you can't just keep everything underneath. There's too many good athletes in this league that can play downhill, and you saw the result. There has got to be a vertical game in Mississippi State's offense. They don't have it or haven't had it. This is a great game to start getting confidence, throwing the football down the field vertically, testing defenses vertically more often than they currently do, which is not much. Because Memphis will give you that. If you try to take it, they will give you that. So this is an important day for Will Rogers, I think. Just to continue to build confidence. He was better in week two as opposed to week one. Better. This is a great chance for him to test defenses vertically down the field. I'm really looking forward uh, to, to seeing that. Seeing if he's going to continue to grow. This is only his ninth start of his career. This is That, that stat right there is why I defend him so much. Because he hasn't played a full season's worth of games yet, and he's already a bum and move on and bring Robertson in and whatever. I, I've never uh, agreed with that kind of mindset. But now it's time to start s- showing some growth. didn't have to be perfect yet. Show me some growth. This is a great chance against a defense that will give up yards through the air. They've done it against worse teams than you this season and in years past. Great chance. Great chance for Will Rogers to gain some confidence and push the ball down the field vertically because they're going to give that to you. This isn't Alabama. You know, Alabama's probably not going to give that to you. Memphis, they'll give that to you. Gil says Memphis is built to upset SEC teams. Just ask Ole Miss. So, yeah, I'm definitely worried. JP says neither opponent raises much worry. In my mind, State's D will be fine. Rebs can and should outscore the green wave. Chad says the explosive offense with MSU probably comes next season. Uh, you just want to see it flash a little bit, you know? I'm with you, though. Uh, this, I don't want to go back into, like, off-season conversation, but this is why this summer I kept telling people. And going into last season, one of the few things I get right or got right, doesn't happen often, was I tried to tell people last year, State's not going to be very good, and it's not a Mike Leach problem. It's not anything other than a transition year going from one style to the other. I said that going into last season. I said that during the season. It was like the only one that was warning people, you're not going to be very good. There's a lot of elements at play there, and it's going to take some time to really develop your system, which is completely different than what Mullen Moorhead were trying to do. At state. It was going always going to take multiple years, multiple recruiting classes to get your system in place and the players to run the system effectively. That's why, and I love Barrett Salee, but after one season, Barrett Salee said that offense isn't going to work in the SEC. We saw it. Uh, it's too early for that. It may not. It may not. It's fair to question whether or not it will, but to definitively say it's not going to, it's premature. It's completely premature. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that that would be an appropriate timeline. They have to show flashes of it at some point, though. And, again, this is a great weekend for them to start doing that. I love their group of wide receivers, though. I think they're better. And they haven't really had a chance to shine yet. Um, Portal was great to them. Portal was great to them. William says rush three, drop eight. Yeah, and, I mean, that's what... That's what Washington did. Uh, and Washington had great success against Mike Leach while he was there. He got to beat it. Jason says My only worry about Memphis is if the defense will leave wide receivers breaking open downfield. The NC State quarterback couldn't hit them. Eventually, somebody will. And Hennigan appears to be that guy. I mean, he throws a nice deep ball. He has. He averages ten yard over ten yards per attempt. Ten and a half yards per attempt. For reference, Will Rogers averaged six yards per attempt against NC State. So not only are they going to test state like that, they have a guy that appears to be able to complete those passes. Sterling says, Google who Memphis defensive coordinator is. Yeah, state will be fine. Old Miss fans. Um <laughs> uh, If death by a thousand cuts works, I'm all for it. Defense needs to just needs to get better. Yeah, and death by a thousand cuts can work against like an NC State. Uh, You know, you're not playing in Alabama this weekend or or Texas a And M or whoever. But the problem was the death by a thousand cuts thing. The cuts never came because defenses were so good. Got to be vertical at some point. But I'm I'm fascinated by this game. I don't think state fans should be worried at all. The only thing that you should be worried about is making sure everybody knows not to bring their cowbell to the Liberty Bowl because they're not going to let them in. Help me understand that, though. I, I saw people, like I've seen a lot of people kind of mad about the Liberty Bowl not allowing cowbells inside. No SEC stadium, like no road trip other than bowl games lets them in. So like, why are some people you know, mad about memphis not letting them in if i was memphis i wouldn't let them in you wouldn't either if roles were reversed you don't want opposing fans to have an advantage in this oh i don't have it in my office it's in my bedroom now uh that big hunk of metal with a ball metal ball on the inside that makes noise for 10 people uh more than 10 people it sounds like of course they're not gonna let that in are you crazy um I would have roasted Memphis for letting them in. So anyway, but that's the only thing I think that state fans should be worried about this weekend is just making sure that they don't try to bring their cowbell in. Um, This should be a win. And yes, I know what the line is. It's a, it's a small line, but it should be a win and it should be a game that you are in complete control of Um, complete control of if not we got to ask some questions on uh, on Sunday morning. And the same thing applies to Ole Miss as well. I have felt a different vibe from Ole Miss fans as opposed to the state fans that listen to our shows or consume the content or whatever. State fans are largely extremely confident, and you should be, by the way. Uh, Ole Miss fans are seemingly a little bit more worried. I've heard the phrase... Elaine Kiffin himself said two lanes an SEC team. I, I've heard from a lot of people that are worried about this game. Oh, they better come to play because, remember, they played Oklahoma tough and stuff like that. Um, here's the thing, and I said this about Louisville as well. If Ole Miss is who fans and people that cover the sport think that they are, I've heard from Ole Miss fans saying things like they're a Sugar Bowl team. I hear you. I think with how explosive they are and how good Matt Corral is, it's possible. But if they are that, if Matt Corral is a true Heisman contender, if the offense is as good as you say it is, if it's a team that you think can go to Tuscaloosa and win, if it's a team that can win nine games this season, if the defense is actually better, then Tulane is not a game that you should lose or come close to losing at I know they're good and I know they, they're they well-coached and they have a good offense and quarterback seems okay and stuff like that. But, you know, if you are who you say you are, this game on Saturday should not be a problem. It's that simple. And if it is a problem, it's a concern. Because two weeks later, you have Alabama. And if Tulane has you at home on the ropes in the fourth quarter where you somehow – pull it away pull away late and you win by a touchdown um, what do you think Alabama's going to do in 2 weeks? What do you think Texas A&M is going to do, honestly. Did you see what Arkansas did to Texas? How physical they were? I don't know. I just you can't on one hand say I think Ole Miss can beat Alabama and go to the Sugar Bowl. And the I hear I hear it from the same person Ole Miss can beat Alabama. Matt Corral should be a Heisman contender. Ole Miss can go to the Sugar Bowl. And the same person say, "I'm worried about Tulane." Th- those two thoughts are—they're just—they're mutually exclusive to me. They're completely mutually exclusive to me. Completely separate. They, they should be anyway. Um, Tulane fans, though, they seem confident. I mean, go check out some like the comment section of of Tulane blogs and stuff. That's that's something. But they do present a challenge. I'm not saying that Ole Miss is going to win 47 to three or whatever. No, I, I think that Tulane will be able to score a little bit on Ole Miss. I, I do think so. But they they do present a unique challenge too. When Lane Kiffin says that they're multiple, he doesn't mean they have you know a quarterback that can throw and a good wide receiver and also a good running game like the looks that they give or multiple. I said this yesterday on the radio show, but forgive me if, if you heard it then. Tulane didn't compete with Oklahoma because of athletes, if that makes sense. Tulane didn't have better skilled players than Oklahoma could cover. It, 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 it wasn't like that. It wasn't like Texas and Arkansas, where Arkansas just lined up and said, we're more physical than you, we're just going to run right at you. What Tulane did to Oklahoma, at least from my vantage point, was confuse them. They would go spread looks. They would do different run-blocking schemes with their offensive line. They would go triple option looks. It, it's very – each series had something different, and what Tulane tries to do is get you to make mental mistakes, get you to, to misread things, get you to get out of position, blow assignments. That's how Tulane was able to score 35 points in Norman. It wasn't necessarily because of athletes. It was because they got Oklahoma to blow assignments. Um, It's a creative offense. It's a well-coached football team. And the challenge for Old Miss is that right there. Because they are clearly better defensively because they can actually line up right, take good angles, make tackles in space sometimes. Uh, I mean, they're clearly better. But how much? This is this weekend's going to be a pretty good gauge of exactly how much better they are. Most importantly, assignments. Not blowing coverages. Playing gap responsibility on the line. Making your run fits in the right place. That kind of stuff. That's where Tulane was able to score with Oklahoma, and that's how Tulane can score on Ole Miss. It's not going to be athletes. It's going to be misdirection, blown assignments, that kind of stuff. That's how Tulane is going to try to exploit you. And so we'll see if Ole Miss is up for the challenge, if they're able to um, able to be in the right place, which is something they struggled with a year ago. And luckily, if you're an Ole Miss fan listening to this, luckily um, they do have the Oklahoma game that they can show their players all week long, where maybe if, it wasn't Oklahoma, but it was Tulsa. It would be harder to get your players' attention. But that OU probably you know, grabbed the attention of your team a little bit more, and they'll take this game seriously. And on top of that, Tulane's defense cannot, should not be able to be much of a resistance to Matt Corral and that team. So if you are who people think you are, if you are who you think that you are, you shouldn't be worried about Tulane. And spare me that. I, I we had somebody text into the show yesterday. Yeah, but I thought that about Jacksonville State too. This isn't this isn't 2010 Ole Miss, man. This isn't Houston Nut on the sidelines. It's not uh, Nate Stanley starting the game at quarterback. I, I just at some point, you've got to realize that what happened in 2010. There's not a single person on the sidelines coaching or playing today that was on that team. I I don't know. I, I don't like applying history to stuff like this. Well, you know, hey, they lost to Jacksonville State 11 years ago. So it's a different team. Alabama lost to Louisiana Monroe while Nick Saban was the coach. You're telling me that when Louisiana Monroe goes to Tuscaloosa next time, people should be worried? You're telling me that when Southern Miss, with all due respect to Southern Miss, you guys just, you get it. When Southern Miss goes to Tuscaloosa next weekend, Alabama fans are going to say, yeah, well, you know, yeah, we Southern Miss can beat us because remember back in 2007, Louisiana Monroe came in here and beat Nick Saban. You think they've got that mentality? No, no. Uh, if you are who we think you are, Tulane should not be a game that you win by less than the line, which is two touchdowns. That's how it should be. How much better is your defense? We'll find out. We'll find out, and I mean Matt Corral right now is getting second Heisman odds. He's number two in Heisman odds right now. A, a team with that guy playing quarterback at home with the talent gap, it should not be like that. And if it is, we'll have a conversation on an interesting conversation on Sunday. I expect Ole Miss to win and win kind of handedly because I actually do think that they are. Who I think they are. Oh, yeah. No, there was one coach. You're right, Chase. You're right. There was. Yeah, Derek Nix would have been on the sidelines that day, right? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Well, you know what that means. You know what that means. old Miss is going to lose because there is some continuity there. Yeah, I forgot about that. Derek Nix has been old Miss since forever. Let's see. No. Okay, he was. Yeah, he was the uh, defense coordinator and linebackers coach at the time. That's right. And then after 2011, he went to uh, – no, that's Tyrone Nix. I, I hit Derek Nix, and they gave me Tyrone. Um, I was just reading blind. Let's see. Yeah, he definitely was there. He's been there since 2008. Uh-oh. Hope he's okay, by the way. I haven't seen anybody update on uh, his status because uh, he got COVID too. It wasn't just Lane; it was him. So I assume he's fine. But nobody like during that week leading up to the Louisville game, or, or even last week, nobody ever was like, "Hey, how's Derek? You know, <laughs> how's he, the other guy that that got COVID? Is he is he good? How's he feeling?" Um, yeah, Chase, I forgot. Yeah, there was that. There's that one. So he remembers that. Chad, back to Mississippi State, says, I could see Memphis jumping up early, but I think still wins it. I, I could, too. You know, they'll be, they'll be really hyped, and the crowd will be pretty good. Obviously not an intimidating environment compared to what State sees, you know, in conference play every Saturday. But, you know, it'll be a decent crowd, and Memphis will be hyped up, and they probably have a really good script prepared. And I can see that where you know they get up seven nothing they they score on the opening possession and then state goes three and out and maybe they kick a field goal or whatever and then the game settles in and talent and depth takes over i could see that happening Zach says oh uh, uh, he was replying to jason oklahoma got off the gas yeah they did a little bit um, I, if you can believe it i actually watched the entire game um, tulane punched oklahoma in the mouth at first Oklahoma settled in, got a bunch of stops in a row. Rattler stopped turning the football over and they kind of scored at will there right before halftime. It's a big, big lead. And then yeah, they they kind of they they kind of eased up a little bit, but I don't want to take away from Tulane because Tulane got them. And, and it wasn't like uh they stopped trying thing. It was they started blowing assignments thing. Um this isn't a bad team. Don't get me wrong. Just because I'm saying that Ole Miss fans should be confident or Ole Miss, if they are who we think they are, keep using that phrase, uh, they should win this game comfortably. doesn't mean that Tulane's not a formidable opponent. They are. I mean, you've got to come to play. You, you cannot blow assignments. They're capable, but. They're capable, but. And, yeah, Oklahoma did ease up a little bit. I mean, they threw two interceptions and gave up an onside kick. Uh, defensively, Oklahoma's not great. I'm not a believer in Rattler at all, actually. I think he's really talented, but super erratic. Um, And I guess you could say the same about Corral, but um, Rattler's more inconsistent through the course of a game. You know, we've got a season plus two worth of Corral starting in this system where... It's been a game in one half of another where he was erratic. Rattler is up and down, roller coaster through the course of a game. If Corral's on, he's on. And, like, never off. I don't know if that's a difference that matters or not. But I'm not a believer in Rattler at all. Not at all. I've got some picks for you. Got some picks for you. And, again, I I will not be doing this tomorrow. I will be off. Um... Off of the radio show as well, obviously, if I'm if I'm not doing this, I'm not doing radio either. Uh, But I will be back with you. It'll be Sunday morning, not Saturday night. Uh, I'm going to a a good friend of mine's bachelor party this weekend. And while I do this kind of like on my own time, you know, this is a a side thing for me. I I don't get paid for this. It's not part of my job. It's just something that I do for fun. You know, maybe build a YouTube audience or whatever. Uh, I still have an employer. And I don't think my employer, with their logos on my stream, would appreciate uh, me going live while at my buddy's bachelor party late Saturday night. I feel like that that wouldn't be good for me. So, Sunday morning will be, uh, will be when I do the weekend recap. So, just keep an eye on that. And uh, subscribe on YouTube if you haven't already, so you know when I do that. Those have been a lot of fun. I basically just fire this up and let you guys comment, and we'll just... We just talk about whatever's on your mind from the weekend, but that'll be Sunday morning. Uh, just so you know, there will be another Sunday morning one of these. Um, just scratch off the logos. Zach says, <laughs> "I could, I could," but they, I mean they they want uh, they want them on here. So you're too ethical, Sterling says. It would definitely be borky after dark. Yeah, I'd kind of be scared of of what what I would say on there and what not not necessarily me but what other people would say um, I did I used to do that, that Sunday radio show instead of just live streaming uh, that was also kind of like a side gig that I did you know on my own time for fun um, I went to a Saints game before my son was born kind of like my last like last thing I can do before my life changes forever in the best way but I was doing the Sunday show and we had this tiny little Airbnb in the garden district in new Orleans. I mean, just tiny space. So we could not like avoid each other. I couldn't find a space in the house to do the show. And I couldn't do it outside because there was no outlets outside. So I had to do it inside and it was from eight to 10 and the last hour, cause it was a noon kickoff. You hear just beer cans being popped in the background. Like all the guys were, were, were listening and not, you know, Making noise or anything during the show, but I went back and listened, and, and all you hear is just beer cans just popping in the background during a Sunday morning radio show. I I, I figured they were going to pull it, even though again, you know, I, it wasn't something that that I was getting paid to do. But I, I was surprised they didn't pull it then, because <laughs> <laughs> these guys are getting ready for a football game behind me. And you've got church services coming up after the show, and you hear beer cans popping. So uh, that won't be the case this time. I'll get to set up outside or something. Not that you guys care, not that the FCC cares, because uh, they can't regulate a YouTube feed. So anyway, that'll be Sunday. There'll be one more uh, in October where I'll have to do a Sunday morning as well because that same guy's getting married next month. Other than that, should be all Saturday night. So just keep that in mind and be ready for it. My four picks of the weekend. I've got big favorites I'm picking actually here. And then one underdog that'll surprise you a little bit. First, Georgia minus 31 at home against South Carolina. Uh, I think UAB would have been able to put up a better fight uh, against Georgia than South Carolina will be able to. Uh, Georgia will be in complete control from the start. South Carolina could not run, could not move the football at all last week against uh, East Carolina and uh, i don't i don't see how at all south carolina is going to score in this game i'm talking i see like a 35 to 3 type spread maybe even more if georgia feels like it but no south carolina in terms of roster is not prepared at all not prepared at all to compete in this game or really any sec game against the upper half of the league at all Yes, it's a huge, 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 huge line. And, yeah, better fight. UAB lost 56 to nothing. Yeah, I think if UAB and South Carolina played today, UAB would win. There's your Max Kellerman take of the day. I think UAB is a better football team than South Carolina. I've watched South Carolina twice now. I've watched UAB twice. I think that UAB would beat South Carolina. That's how in disbelief of the Gamecocks uh, I am. So it's a huge line, but Georgia at home minus 31. I'm taking it because I am just not a believer in South Carolina. My next one is this, maybe the most interesting game of the weekend, depending on how you want to look at it. Penn State, I'm taking them minus five at home against Auburn, mostly because Penn State's battle tested. I I think that this is going to be a a, kind of a muddy and dirty game. And that kind of plays into Auburn's favor because Tank Bigsby is a good back and, and all of that. But 110,000 people, huge atmosphere, going to be an ugly game. And Penn State has been tested already this year in an ugly game. It was Wisconsin. It was at Madison. They passed the test. Clifford looked good, all that. I think this is going to be an ugly game. It's going to be a low-scoring game, a dirty game. And because Auburn under Brian Harson has yet to be tested at all, I think Penn State's more equipped to do it. I think defensively, Penn State will be able to really neutralize Auburn's running game for the most part. There's only, there's only so much neutralizing of Bigsby you can actually do, but I think Penn State will be able to at least limit him from getting explosive. The atmosphere, Penn State's defense, the fact that they're battle-tested will be the difference in the game, Penn State, minus five. I am taking Ole Miss minus the 14 or 14 and a 14.5. Uh, I do believe in Matt Corral. I think he is a first-round pick. I think he should be, should be. Uh, If he plays just to his capability, nothing above his head. uh, Invited to New York for the ceremony. And uh, I think Ole Miss is who people around here think that they are. I'll take them minus the 14. And the surprise, Florida, plus 14 and a half against Alabama. And yes, Borky has a money-back guarantee on all betting advice. If you, if you bet using my picks, do so responsibly and know that you cannot hold me accountable to your bets. I don't know what the exact disclaimer I need to give out is, but just know that I, I'm not a professional. I'm not a sharp. You are getting these for free if you take my advice in the gambling world. The losses are yours. Just just so you know. <laughs> They're mine too. I feel them as well. Trust me. My uh, lock of the century was not good for me. Um, and also at least one of our radio listeners. But, you know. And Zach says, all right, putting 100 dollars in South Carolina twin out right now. You don't have to worry about that. Maybe they'll cover it, but you don't have to worry about them winning the uh the game. But yeah, I'm taking Florida plus 14 and a half against Alabama. There's an interesting one for you. I'm worried about Anthony Richardson's hamstring. Uh but if he is if he's a full go, Alabama's gonna get a heavy dose of him. I think Florida's gonna control the clock a little bit, stuff like that. And we haven't seen Bryce Young in a game like this in an atmosphere like this. Who's to say it won't be difficult for him? Yeah, Alabama's got a better team, probably. They have a better roster, probably, but they have holes, Alabama does, specifically at the linebacker core right now, because of injuries, and maybe Florida can exploit it. Uh 14 and a half seems big for a team like Florida at home, regardless of opponent. Alabama wins, Florida covers. So there you go. Jason says if Alabama doesn't have their penalty situation fixed, Florida will absolutely blitz them in a ridiculous atmosphere in the swamp and Mullen turning Richardson loose. Jason likes that pick too. So blame him if you lose money on that one. But there you go. There's your uh, four picks. But should you be worried about Tulane and Memphis? No, you shouldn't. And if something happens in the Tulane or Memphis game that is bad, it's not a we are Ole Miss thing or whatever. It means we've got to have a conversation Sunday morning about what your team really is. It's that simple. These are games you're supposed to win. Mississippi State is supposed to beat Memphis and do it comfortably. Ole Miss is supposed to beat Tulane and do it comfortably. If they are who we think that they are. Had to get that in one more time for you. Subscribe on YouTube. Don't forget to do that and uh, like the video while you're here. Thank you guys so much. I will not be here with you tomorrow. Um, But I will be back with you on Sunday morning. Right around 8 o'clock, probably. Just depends on when I wake up and uh, when we want to hit the road to to get back here. So, anyway, y'all be good. Enjoy your football this weekend and relax. You've got better football teams. Enjoy yourselves. Enjoy your day. Be confident. You should. And if something goes wrong, we're going to have a conversation on Sunday. So, y'all be good. I'll talk to you again. This afternoon on the radio, and if not Sunday morning. I'm leave my down on this floor. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.